Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. There's spiritual warfare going on. There is such a thing as spiritual warfare. The difficulty that we sometimes and the complications we sometimes make is we either can minimize it or magnify it. We could either look at it and and act as if it doesn't exist or we can take the magnifying glass and make it more than it is. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see Changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel asked God to help him understand a vision. Daniel waited for 21 days before getting an answer to his prayer. What Daniel didn't know was that during the long 21-day wait, angels were warring with principalities because Satan was attempting to hinder Daniel's answer. This biblical example demonstrates that sometimes when we face difficulty, we might be experiencing spiritual warfare. Pastor Ed teaches us today to recognize that spiritual warfare exists and to never give up in prayer. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, Touched by an Angel. We come with a broken and a contrite heart. We come with a humble spirit recognizing the only reason we could come into the presence of God is because of grace and mercy. And there, in the presence of God, he humbles himself, and you see that humility as he confesses the sins of the nation, as he confesses his own sin. And God sees and watches and takes note. Our prayer is not to be a performance. Our prayer should be reflected by the how men and women of God prayed in Scripture. How Jesus taught us to pray with God's concerns first in the Lord's Prayer. We call the Our Father, where we come and say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name, O Lord. May I glorify it. May I treat it with reverence. You tell me I can call you Abba, but you also tell me that you are a holy God. The prayer is not answered. Not immediately. You take note. It says, your prayer has been heard in heaven. He prayed that prayer three weeks prior. Then he had prayed prior to that. Some prayers that you pray will be answered a month from now, a year from now, perhaps ten years from now, perhaps after you leave this present world. You pray faithfully for your children and your grandchildren. And you wait to see an answer. And that answer sometimes doesn't seem to come. Don't become distraught. Simply wait and trust. Trust and wait. My good friend, Reverend Jim Mao, 
told me something that recently happened in his life. He was praying for his granddaughter, Sophie, a great burden for his granddaughter because Jim's daughter and son-in-law, their marriage was dissolved. There's a lot of difficulties and things that really hurt Jim very, very much. And he was concerned especially for what his granddaughter would go through and what would happen in her life. And so he carried this burden to God again and again in prayer. And as he carried this burden again and again to God, one day he got a phone call. phone call from an evangelist who he didn't know all that well, who had been to the church and had spoken, a, a man of God. And the evangelist called him and said, I don't think about you very often. But God spoke to me today and told me to call you and told me that you were praying for your granddaughter. God wants you to know that he's heard your prayer. Now that evangelist was ill and sick, didn't have much strength, and in a matter of months he passed on to heaven. But before he left, he gave Jim that message. And so when Jim goes to God in prayer, he holds on to that promise. He holds on to that prophetic word that was given to him before the man of God left. There are times and there are seasons and God knows when to bring to pass his word, his promise. It's weeks later that prayer is being held up in the heavenlies. In this portion of scripture, he gets this revelation concerning prayer, but he gets this revelation concerning spiritual warfare. Notice what the text says in verses 13 and 14, the NIV. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. What in the world is that? There are spiritual principalities and powers that are over regions, communities, and those who study, especially prayer, recognize different strongholds within communities and nations and areas. And this is a revelation to us that there is a spiritual battle going on behind the natural battle. Look at the text again. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. It wasn't a human being. It was a spiritual power. There are spiritual powers that are influencing governments and nations and kingdoms and individuals. Then Michael. Now Michael, it says, one of the chief princes came to help me. He's Michael the archangel, the one who was given the responsibility of warfare and spiritually defending the nation of Israel. Here is this angel that comes to the aid, and we think perhaps this other angel might be Gabriel, because Gabriel had visited Daniel before. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Here is this angel 
ready to come and visit Daniel. As soon as Daniel bowed his knees, humbled himself, and began praying. And there is a delay in the heavenlies. There's spiritual warfare going on. There is such a thing as spiritual warfare. The difficulty that we sometimes and the complications we sometimes make is we either can minimize it or magnify it. We could either look at it and, and act as if it doesn't exist or we can take the magnifying glass and make it more than it is. Daniel was never all of a sudden praying against some spiritual powers. You see him speaking to God. And, and I hear about spiritual mapping. I understand some of that. I understand about what sometimes people try to call out these spiritual demons. I, I would not advise you to do that. I would advise you to take the Lord's Prayer and pray the Lord's Prayer. I, I did a teaching on that years ago. Take a sense of humility and come before God and ask God to work out his will and intercede with God. Here you see the spiritual warfare going on. And it says, because I was detained there with the king of Persia, now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. He's going to give him revelation of the future. What happens? I believe that God knows everything about everything. And there are times he drops into our heart what he wants to do. He shows us ahead what is to be. And this is what is happening in Daniel. I want to draw your attention to the New Testament because in this New Testament we find Paul speaking about the spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities and against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What happens in the New Testament is that we're not bringing warfare on a natural plane, we're bringing it to a supernatural plane. So in the Old Testament, you see that God uses his people as an instrument of judgment on the nations that have gone far from God. And he uses them as instruments of his judgment. In the New Testament, God primarily is using us in the area of intercession and prayer and we are to pray that people will repent and turn to God. And we're involved in spiritual warfare, praying in the Spirit, praying with our understanding. I believe that there are angels that watch over God's people. Just like they watch over nations, just like they watch over regions, I do think there's a truth in the idea of a guardian angel, in Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? The angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear him. 
God has some angels on assignment to help you through the journey. There are some things you will not be able to explain when you look at your life if you really think about the spiritual realm. Doors that close, doors that open, events that happen. I believe what the scripture says, that God puts ministering angels around us. Here he is, he's praying and he's recognizing in prayer about spiritual warfare. And he needs this touch to be quickened in his mind, his heart, and spirit. And then there's a touch that comes that purifies him. Now remember, Daniel is one of the most righteous men in Scripture. In Ezekiel, he's called a righteous man, or a, a man who's wise. In Daniel 10.16, Then I, one who looked like a man, touched my lips. And I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I've overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord. I am helpless. Doesn't that remind you of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6? Where he sees the angels of the Lord, the seraphim, and the cherubim. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And in the presence of God, he suddenly feels his sinfulness and his unworthiness. When the presence of the Holy Spirit begins to move in a church, in a Christian community, when the winds of revival begin to burn, there is a sense of our own sinfulness where we are not looking at our brother, our sister, or our neighbor, but we see into our own hearts, our own inadequacy, even as Isaiah the prophet felt and saw his own inadequacy before God and said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Hear his Daniel, in his 80s, a man who's walked with God for decades. Incredible revelations from God. In the midst of that revelation, he can't even speak. Have you ever been in the presence of God where you can't even speak? All you could do is lay prostrate before him and say, Oh, Lord, here Daniel is in the presence of God. In verse 15, while he was saying this to me, speaking of the angel, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Oh, that we would have again the sense of the Holy Spirit that moved in the meetings of revival in past generations. I think of the time that Jonathan Edwards preached the sermon, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God, Men and women held onto the very pillars of the church. The presence of God was so strong. All through the history of revival and the move of the Spirit, there have been times where people have experienced God's presence in such a manifest way that they simply couldn't even move. See, God is not just a friend that he is. But he's more than that. He is holy and righteous and powerful. He's almighty God. And when we see and experience that, we'll be undone like Isaiah, like Daniel. It's a touch that purifies us. Oh God, make us pure. A touch that strengthens us that strengthens us.
in verse 18. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. There are times in this spiritual warfare that you will feel inadequate for the battle. You will feel a lack of strength. You will feel, how can we face the powers of darkness? How can we face the warfare that is going on? And if I look at this text, it tells me that God speaks a word of encouragement. The words that strengthen us. Do not be afraid. Again and again in the presence of a holy God, when we feel our utter weakness, the angel would say, don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid. And he speaks words of encouragement. Listen to this word, O man, highly esteemed. He said, peace, be strong, be strong. When God speaks into our heart a word from Scripture, when God speaks into our heart through his still small voice, when God speaks into our heart through the power of his presence, there is a supernatural strength that comes. I've seen people in a hospital going through tragic and difficult times, and suddenly God comes in, speaks into their heart, and they're strong in that hour, ready to cross from this world to the next world. I've seen it where people have gone through the most difficult of trying of circumstances. We've read about martyrs, people who are ready to give their life, and suddenly God comes and speaks a word of power and strength to them, and they're strengthened for the journey. There, God speaks strength and peace. And, and I love this passage where it says, in Scripture, you're highly esteemed. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. He looks at you with love. He looks at you with great compassion. He looks at you through the nail-scarred hands and the nail-scarred feet and the wound in Jesus' side, the blood that washed away and took care of the account and settled that account finally and completely. And when he sees you, he sees you in the person of his son and he says, you're my beloved. All the promises, all the blessings are found in Christ in Jesus. And he strengthens him. Perhaps this morning you need strength. Perhaps you're going through a difficult time in your marriage. Perhaps you're going through a difficult personal time in your own heart or spirit or body. Perhaps you're facing challenges that you absolutely feel overwhelming. Life is a battle. It is a war. How you anticipate, well, when I get the job, the dream job, it's going to be great then. It's not always great when you get the dream. There's battles. Oh, once I get married, oh, you got to work hard to make that marriage work. Oh, once I have the children, oh, those children, they have the fallen nature, the nature that you have, they have. Oh, once I have an empty nest, your children never leave your heart and your grandchildren are on your heart. All through the journey, there is spiritual warfare that takes place. 
And we need his touch. I remember my mother, when she was going to, they thought she was going to die, God supernaturally touched her. He gave her approximately 16, 17 more years of life, spared her life. And I remember seeing her in the hospital shortly before she passed away, the day she passed away, the week. And I, I remember she couldn't communicate well because of the medication, because of the pain and the suffering. But I remember her just having her hand up. And all I could think of is one of her favorite songs. He touched me. He touched me. He touched me. What we need more than anything else is a touch of God all through the journey. And then God gives this incredible revelation in the last verse of the 10th or 10th chapter. He gives him this revelation, the book of truth that informs us in verse 21, I tell you what is written in the book of truth. It's not referring to the scripture, but it's referring to God's prophetic plan that he knows, that at times he reveals, that is hidden for times and seasons. He gives this revelation to us. And he's giving this revelation that he controls the future doesn't mean that man doesn't have free will. We have free will. And we're accountable for what we do. Gee, um, in Acts chapter 2, Peter, speaking on the day of Pentecost, said, God foreordained Jesus to be crucified, whom you crucified. They were responsible for what they did, but yet it was in the plan of God. How do we put all of this together? I don't know. We don't fully understand how time works. But we know that God is not subject to time, that he's outside of time. God in his sovereign providence has a plan for history. And history is going to march towards that plan. We will see wars and rumors of wars. We will experience battles. We will experience all sorts of things in this world. He knows and nothing is taking him surprised about the coming election or previous elections here in America. Here's the passage. He replied, Do you not know why I've come? Soon I must return to fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. That's a New Living Translation. I have been standing beside Michael to support and strengthen him since the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede. There is a battle going on in the heavenlies that we are not even aware of. So infrequently we even think about. But there is a battle and God will be victorious. And on this journey from the cradle to the grave, from earth to heaven, the scripture says this, for he will command his angels concerning you and guard you and guard you and guard you in all your ways. Touched. Touched by an angel.
Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's series in the book of Daniel. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.